Morning. Morning. Welcome to Church at the Bridge and happy Resurrection Sunday. We want to welcome you and thank you for joining us this morning at Easter at Church at the Bridge. And I know that, as Pastor Nett was saying, this is our very first um, service uh, where we're having multiple services. This will be going forward. So thank you for getting up bright and early. I was trying to beat all of you. I said, I'm getting up before all of them. I just couldn't help myself. You know, I'm just so excited to see what God is doing and what God has done. And so today's Easter, right? And Easter is uh, that, that holiday, so to speak, that we all reflect upon what? What, what, what is Easter about? Just, just shout it out. Don't worry about it. Resurrection. it resurrection. Okay, what else? What, anybody? Jesus. Okay, what else? The rest of you went blank. I'm concerned. <laughs> okay. All right. Good. All right. So, yes, you're absolutely all right. Yes, it's about Jesus. It's about the resurrection, right? But as we get started here, I'd like you, I'd like to invite you before we get started to put on your complimentary glasses. You're going to need them. Think of it this way. Think of it like you're watching a 3D movie, right? They're not 3D though, all right? They're better, all right? But I want you to put them on for a reason. You know what? You guys look too cool. I'm going to have to, I, I'm sorry. I, I can't help myself. I just got to take a shot of this. Sorry. You guys don't mind, right? That all right with y'all? I, I got to do this. But you got to give me big, cheesy smiles. That all right? Right? Ready? Here we go. One, two, three. Everybody say cheese. All right. You guys look great. Right? So I want you to think of them like a set of 3D glasses. Right? And you're about to sit down and watch and enjoy a movie. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to act like you're really into this movie. Everybody go, ooh. Everybody go, ah. All right, so we, you guys are ready. You're, the, the, prime, the pump is primed and we are ready to go. But I want you to think about Easter and what it's all about. And as you all said, it's about Jesus. It's about the resurrection. It's about what he's done and the fact that we're righteous in Christ, right? But what if I told you that it's more than just about Jesus and an empty tomb? What if I told you that it's more than just about Jesus and his resurrection, what if I told you that there's something more that many people overlook at times? Now that I got your attention and you're listening, I want to turn real quick to Scripture, and I want us to look at what the Bible has to say, what God's Word has to say about Easter. And I'm just going to focus in on one Scripture because there's so many of them, and for the sake of time, we're going to turn in our Bibles to John chapter 2. Verses 18 through 22. John chapter 2, verses 18 through 22. And these are the words of Jesus. And this is what Jesus says, right? It says, so the Jews answered and said to him, what sign do you show to us since you do these things? And Jesus answered. Everybody said, tell somebody, Jesus answered. Jesus. That's important because it's Jesus speaking here. Jesus answered and he said to them, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. Um. I will raise it up. And then the Jews said, it has taken 46 years to build this temple. And will you raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. And therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them. And they believed the scripture and the word which Jesus had said. There came a time where Jesus began, began to frequently speak about his upcoming death. And the fact that he would die and he had to die 
but that he would rise again. The problem is that everybody was looking at it through one set of lenses. They were looking at it through the experience of Jesus, and Jesus here with us, and he's doing all these miracles, and he's feeding us bread, and he's this real cool guy that if you just hang around him, some real cool things will happen in your life. And so everybody's looking at it through those set of lenses. You're starting to get the idea here, right? And so it was kind of like the lenses you all find yourselves wearing today. Think about it. What you're wearing is changing the perspective of what you see. Now, I get it. You still see me, right? But maybe it begins to change the tint of the colors that you see. Whatever the case is, it's changing what you see. And what you see, if you don't see correctly what it is, can change your experience of it. And when it comes to Easter, yes, it's about Jesus. And yes, it's about not only his death, but the fact that he rose again. And we celebrate that. And we're excited about that. But the truth is that Easter is about something so much more. Let me show you what I'm talking about. Turn with me to your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 through 7. I'm taking you to Scripture because I want to show you that this isn't my opinion. I want you to see Easter through the word of God. I want you to see the message of his resurrection through the word of God. And so Ephesians chapter 2 verses 1 through 7, if you don't have a Bible, you can follow us right here on the screen. says this, and you he made alive. How many of you know Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior? Wave at me. Okay, he's your Lord. Oh, but praise God. Good. Then we're, we're amongst family. You know Christ. And so he's talking about you there. He's talking about me. He's talking about us. It says, And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience. That's not you, by the way. That's not you. That's not who you are. You are a child of God. So that's not referring to you there. Among whom also we once, how many of you understand that that was before, That was at one time. That's not now. According to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of our flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the others. Listen closely to verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, listen, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised up together and made us to sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. So I want you to pause for a minute and think about this. This is talking about not just Christ who was raised, but it's talking about a people who were raised. And so when we look at Easter, usually what we do is this. We say, Christ is alive. Praise God. Yes, we're correct. But we forget that because he lives, we live. 
That's the big idea today. I want you to understand something. No matter where you find yourself, no matter what stage, what age, what situation, what circumstances are swirling in your life, in you, in your emotions, the Bible says this, that because he was raised, so were you. Amen. So were you. And here's what we need to begin to see, that Easter is not just a story about Christ's resurrection. It's our story. It's our story. It's your story. You, you may not feel like it's your story. It might not look like it's your story. You might be waiting upon your story to go to the next chapter. But I, what I want you to know is that he is the one that the book of Revelation speaks of that has written your name in the Lamb's book of life. And every chapter is written. And what it says is that you live, you are alive, you are blessed, you are meant for more. God has great plans for you. He has made you to sit in heavenly places and Christ Jesus and so therefore you might feel down but let me encourage you today with this get back up get back up believer you are a child of God and today we celebrate a risen Christ but in celebrating the risen Christ we celebrate risen lives that was all in one breath praise God <laughs> think of it this way what's true of Christ is true of you. What's true of Christ is true of you. And why is that important? And mind you, that's not my opinion. Bible says this, that as he is, so are we in this world. That's talking about right now. That's talking about right now, child of God. That's talking about God wants to raise you up right now. Sometimes we may not see ourselves that way, and we live less than what God has called us to. And that's our choice. But I'm here to tell you today that if you celebrate a risen Christ, then you must celebrate that God has raised you up as well. Now, you could take those shades off now if you want to. And I'm going to tell you why. Because you were seeing this through one perspective. And I want you to see clearly what this is really about. I want you to see, let's turn real quick to Romans chapter 6, verses 3 through 11. Romans 6, verses 3 through 11, just to pick up right where we left off. It says this, Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, were baptized into his death? Now, I know that some of you are thinking about, that's talking about water baptism. But that's not talking about water baptism. That word baptism there is speaking of a union, right? And it's talking about the fact that because he died and we're in union with him, in perfect union with him in Christ, the Bible does say that he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. So here's what scripture is saying, that because we were baptized in Jesus into his death, watch what this also means. Verse 4, therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also, listen closely, should walk in newness of life. There's a brand new life available to you and I every single day. Every single day. You might look at yourself according to where you've been. What you've done, where you're at, what you do, what you say, and what you fail to realize is that what God sees that is true about Jesus, he sees it as true about you. 
God's not looking at you based upon your actions, based upon your past, based upon the things you will do. Because if he was, then guess what? What Christ did wasn't enough. And I'm here to tell you that what Christ did is enough. It is more than enough. Scripture proves that. Verse 5 says this, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin, listen closely, might be done away with. Sin is not your issue. Sin is not your issue. It's been crucified with Christ, by Christ, through Christ. He took on, the Bible says, he became sin. It doesn't say that he took our sin. It says that he became sin. The very thing that we were that separated us from God is what Christ became. And in becoming it, and in dying upon the cross, and going to hell, which is the book of Colossians reveals, and then rising up again, a brand new, done away, paid in full, the price of sin. Here's what that means. That he did away with the power of sin over our lives. God's not mad at anyone. Not at you, and certainly not at the person who doesn't know Christ either. That's the good news of the gospel. He's not mad. He's not holding it against them. And so when the day comes where people find themselves before the great king in judgment, here's the only thing that man will be judged for. What did you do with the price I paid? Did you accept it or did you reject it? It's like me giving you a brand new house and you're going, oh, no, I, could, I couldn't. I, 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 I saw a preacher. I just can't. I got to give you something. Let me pay you for it. Let me give you my life savings for it. Let me, if you're paying for it, then guess what? It's no longer a gift. And the Bible says this, that we're saved by grace through faith, not of works, lest any of us could say, I did this. God gets all the credit according to what he did in Christ. And so he's done away with sin, that we should be no longer, uh, no longer be slaves of sin. For he who has died has been freed from sin. So if Christ died and you died and Christ rose and you're risen and Christ has paid the price and now it's free, then what are you? Free. You're free. Now, you might still think according to some old habits, some old experiences. You might still remember some things, but this is why scripture says that we must now renew our minds. You are brand new in Christ. You are alive. Sin is dead. God's not mad at you. He's not rejecting you. He's not pushing you away. He's not condemning you. No. If anything, he's saying, I wish you saw what I see. Verse 8. Now, if we died with Christ... We believe that we shall also live with him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over him. For the death that he died, he died to sin once for all. For all. That's not just for all of us. That's for all eternity. 
And so the death that he died, he died to sins once for all. But the life that he lives, he lives unto God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. That word reckon there simply means this. Account it to your credit. That's what it means. It means you consider the value of this and say, that's my worth. And so here's what scripture is saying. That we must reckon ourselves, that we must get to the point where we understand and we accept. Jesus, what you did is enough. Sin is not my issue. And so from this point forward, I am dead indeed to sin. But look at the second half of verse 11. But I am alive to God in Christ Jesus, my Lord. Woo! That is good news. I'm going to say it again. Because he lives, we live. Say that with me. Because he lives... I live. Tell your neighbor, because he lives, you live. Tell your other neighbor, because he lives, we live. Now shout this out at the top of your lungs with me. I'm alive in Christ. Come on now. Now you would think that after everything that Christ had done and the fact that he had told the disciples, I'm going to die and I'm going to rise again, that when it happened that they would remember that, that they would get that. And on a typical Easter Sunday, you go through the whole scriptures of Jesus and the empty tomb and the cross. I'm not going there. I'm not doing a typical Easter service. Sorry, if you're disappointed, I hope you can appreciate what the word is revealing today. But I will point you to Mark 16, verses 5 and 6. It says that, and entering the tomb... They saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. That word alarm there means that they were struck with terror. They were afraid. And so they were alarmed. Verse 6, but he said to them, do not be alarmed. Do not be afraid. You have no reason to be in terror. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. The first people that came upon the tomb of Christ when it was empty were struck with fear. But you know why? Because they forgot that he said, I rise again. It was unnatural to them. It was uncommon. They went looking for a dead Jesus. That's what they went looking for, a dead Jesus. Having forgotten that he said, I will rise again. And because I rise again, I'm going to go and I'm going to prepare a place for you so that you can be with me. I wonder what they were thinking when they walked in the tomb. Maybe they were thinking, well, this is where he intends for us to go with him. But that wasn't the case at all. And so, see, they were wearing the lenses that we were all once wearing at one point. They were seeing things in a distorted perspective. The colors were all wrong. The view was all wrong. They had the wrong perspective of what this was all about. And so for the next couple of minutes that I have left with you, I want to take you to the book of John chapter 11. And we're going to be reading, uh, we're going to be reading the book of John chapter 11, but I'm just going to allude to certain verses. So you can turn there with me if you like, or you can follow us on the screen. But I want to give you a perspective of the resurrection from Christ's perspective. 
I want, I want us to see it through the eyes of Jesus, not our eyes, not our experience, not where we've been, not what we've done, not what religion has told us, not what denominations or doctrines have said. I want us to see this from a completely different perspective, the best perspective, the perspective of Jesus. And so here's the background. I'll give you the background story. Jesus has a friend named Lazarus, and his friend Lazarus is dead. And I can assure you that some of you that have noticed, you've looked behind me and you've gone, is, is, is that a coffin? Somebody came and asked me, did, did you make that out of plastic or is that real? <laughs> Somebody else asked me and said, Pastors, is, is it empty? <laughs> and I know you're wondering, you're looking at it. And let me just, let me just a quick disclaimer. I want to be clear and say this, that I am in no way, we are no way, in no way trying to be insensitive to anyone who's ever lost someone. I just want to be clear on that. That's not what we're doing here today. That's not what this is about. What this is about is us seeing something. And I just wanted to give you a visual because many of us, when we look at our experience in our walk with Christ, focus upon it and we, and we think about dead things. And what we forget is, That because he lives, we live. And we forget that where we were once dead, that's no longer there. We're alive. And so I want you to take a different perspective on this. Because I know for some of you, it's creeping you out. And you know what I say? I say, good. I hope it's challenging you to see the resurrection in a different light. I'm, ho I'm hoping that you're looking at your Christianity, your walk with Christ in a different light, because the tomb was empty for him, and the tomb that once held you captive to sin is now empty. You are risen and you are alive in Christ. And so Jesus shows up, he gets a message, and they tell him, your friend Lazarus, you know, he's sick. And Jesus goes, okay. And Jesus waits two more days, a couple of more days before he leaves. Then he leaves, and as he's walking over there, he's not aware of what's happening. Well, the, the disciples are unaware of what's going on over there where he's sitting. And so Jesus holds up, right? And Lazarus, the Bible tells us, is someone that he loved. And so when Jesus finally decides to go, his disciples try to dissuade him. They go, hey, they tried to kill you over there. You're going to go back over there? And let's pick up on verse 4 of John chapter 11. We're going to read through this quickly and uh, dig into this. John chapter 11 verse 4 says this. When Jesus heard that, he said, This sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. And so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after this, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. And the disciples said to him, Rabbi, lately the Jews sought to stone you, and are you going there again? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in the day? If anyone walks in the day, he does not stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if one walks in the night, he stumbles because the light is not in him. So here's what's happening. Jesus is telling them, he's not, this, this is not going to turn out as bad as you think. There's a greater purpose here. And they start saying, oh, they're going to try and kill you over there and blah, blah, blah. And so Jesus makes this statement. He says, hey, he who walks in the light doesn't stumble. You know what he's saying to them? You're not seeing what I see. 
If you saw what I see, if you understood what I'm saying, you wouldn't stumble. You wouldn't see the deadness of your life apart from me. You wouldn't, un- you wouldn't understand what I'm trying to do from your earthly, your limited perspective. You'd see it from a greater perspective. And so verse 11 goes on to say that these things he said, and after that he said to them, our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I might wake him up. And so here's what's happening. The disciples aren't getting what's going on. And so Jesus clarifies, he says to them, he's preparing them. We're going to find him dead, but I'm telling you that he's meant to live. And so let's look at verses uh, 12 through, I'm sorry, uh, yep, verses uh, 12 through 16 real quick. And it says this, then his disciples said, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get well. However, Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he was speaking about about taking rest in sleep. And then Jesus said to them plainly, Lazarus is dead. He clarifies it for them. And watch what they say. Watch watch what happens here. Lazarus is dead. And I am glad for your sakes that I was not there that you may believe. Nevertheless, let us go to him. So he's telling them, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to do something. And watch their response. Verse 16. Thomas, who is called the twin, said to his fellow disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. So they're, they're not getting it. They're not seeing it. Right? They're not understanding what's going on. And so when Jesus finally gets there, as he said, Lazarus is dead. And everyone is busy crying. Everyone's busy having a boohoo party. Right? Everybody's freaking out. And Jesus shows up and he calls. Uh, Martha comes up to him and she says, Oh, if you'd only been here and this, this, and that. And, and then he calls for uh, uh, her other sister and she comes. So let's pick up that verse 19 and we're going to read straight through to 25. And I'm going to try and wrap this up. Verse 19 says this, And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. So nobody sees the bigger picture here. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Now Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. But Mary was sitting in the house. And now Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But even now, I know that whatever you ask God, God will give you. And Jesus says to her, your brother will rise again. See the big picture here? Verse 24, Martha said to him, I know that he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. And Jesus said to her this, I am the resurrection and I am the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? So what we see here is this, that Jesus is saying to her, you've got the wrong idea. You've forgotten who I am. You've forgotten that I came for something greater than just some miracles, for more than just some oohs and ahs. For more than just to feed people with bread and fish, I've come for more. And so as we transition now to the end of the story, what we see is that Jesus walks over there and he has this moment. Verse 33 records that Jesus wept. And many people assume that Jesus was crying because he felt so bad because because Lazarus is dead. But that's not the case. If you study it out, what you'll see is this, that Jesus was moved by the fact that this was not the will for Lazarus. 
This was not the intention for Lazarus. He was moved by the fact that these people were blinded to the fact that he was the resurrection and he was the life. They were blinded to the fact that there was something greater that he would do. Even the disciples themselves. And so verse 39 of chapter 11, we're at the point now where Jesus is about to raise Lazarus. And he says, take away the stone in verse 39. And Martha, the sister of him who was dead, said to him, Lord, I like the way the King James Version puts it. He stinketh. In other words, what she's saying is this, Jesus, it's too late. It's been four days. He started to decay. There's worms, there's this, there's that. There's no point. But Jesus says, roll the stone away. Roll it away. Verse 40 records, verses, uh, verse 40 report, records this. Jesus reminds them, that, did I not tell you that if you believe, you'll see the works of God? You'll see what I'm about to do. Here's a good question for us to ask ourselves now. Do I believe in the resurrected Christ? Because if you believe in the resurrected Christ, then guess what? Then you must also believe this, that he's resurrected you. That you're meant for greater things in Christ. Amen. That you're meant to be like Christ on this earth. That you carry that potential right now. And so in verses 43 through 44, we have Lazarus coming out the tomb. And what we see is that Jesus says this, Lazarus, come forth. Verse 44 says that he who had died came out bound hand and foot with grave clothes. And his face was wrapped with a cloth. But Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. Why? Because if I'm the resurrection, then you're meant to partake of that resurrection. Because if I'm the life, you're the life. Ladies and gentlemen, whatever things you might take on that you wrap yourself in, religion. Some of you might be struggling with this right now because it doesn't fit the box of religion that you've come from. It's too untraditional. It's, 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 it can't be. But you don't understand my situation. You don't understand the risen Christ that lives in you. And so today, I encourage you with this. That because he lives, you live. And because you're alive in Christ, you have no business taking on dead things. You have no business taking on anything that takes you to a past, that pulls you to things that are contrary to what God's word declares about you. You are alive in Christ. And the Easter story is not just his story, it's our story. And so today we celebrate the risen Christ. But we celebrate that because he is risen, he's raised us up anew. And we can enjoy newness of life in Christ. Why don't we stand and let's close out in worship.